The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. Elon Musk seems to have come out on top in his latest battle with the SEC over his tweeting. The SEC asked a judge to find the Tesla CEO in contempt of court for violating an October settlement over tweets with a tweet in February. In a hearing on Thursday, a judge seemed to have kicked the conflict back to the parties. Joining me is Peter Henning, a professor at Wayne State University Law School. So is this basically a punt where the judge says, you guys work this out. I have some more important work to do here. Well, certainly, you know, judges much prefer, especially in civil cases, that the parties work it out among themselves. So I, I think calling it a punt is probably the best way to describe it, that uh, she has said, if you really want me to decide, you can force me to by not agreeing, but... I think her very strong preference is that she doesn't want to hold Musk in contempt, nor does she want to smack down the SEC. So I think she's very much hoping that they will come up with some compromise that she can then sign off on. So it appears the SEC's reading of the agreement was too restrictive, and Musk's reading would just undermine the agreement in full. So is it going to end up somewhere in the middle? Oh, I I certainly suspect. And I I think the the key question is whether uh, Elon Musk is willing to compromise because, um, you know, he's shown uh, some rather substantial disdain for the SEC. But can his attorneys convince him that let's come up with something that essentially works as a face saving device for both sides? And then the judges, at least she signaled, that she would be willing to sign off on that if the parties can agree. So uh, I, I think we'll see something you know, maybe somewhere in the middle. I'm not sure who's going to get to crow about it, but certainly um, I don't think we'll see major changes to the settlement agreement. So Musk's lawyers had argued in court filings that that uh, he has curtailed his use of Twitter recently, but a review of his account shows he's tweeted more in March than any other month since June. But could it be that the people who follow him on Twitter know not to rely on his tweets? Does the SEC have more important things to go after than this? Well, I I certainly think the SEC wanted to send a message. Um, And especially, you know, they cited his interview on 60 Minutes um, in their contempt filing. Uh, I think what the SEC wants is at least some acknowledgement that that settlement agreement had some teeth to it beyond the $20 million that both Tesla and Musk paid. Uh, I think they want to see that Twitter is not just going to be a way for him to communicate anything that he feels like. And so uh, I 
what their goal is, I suspect, is to get an adult in the room to be able to look at the tweets. And that may be the compromise they come up with, that before he tweets, he gets someone to review it in advance, although you know, you wonder whether he would be willing to do that. I thought he already had a so-called Twitter sitter. Well, he, does, <laughs> he has something of a Twitter sitter, although in the settlement agreement, it's only when he's going to disclose what's called material information. In other words, information an investor would consider important. Um, that's when he has to have it reviewed. But for his other things, if he wants to comment on the latest full moon, he could probably do that. I expect the SEC is hopeful that um, he might start to cut back on his Twitter use. And one way to do that would be to get someone else in there to review it. So you may have to get a full-time Twitter sitter. (laughs) The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now, could an agreement possibly include a scale of fines, escalating fines? And we've talked before about are fines really useful when you're facing people with so much money? Well, that's certainly the, the, the big question that, um, you know, I mean, if, if the first fine were fifty or $100,000 um, for a billionaire like Elon Musk, that's more or less tip money. Um, and is that even going to get his attention? Maybe the SEC comes up with some type of schedule. Of course, though, that would likely require them to go to the judge to get her, Judge Nathan, to impose a fine. And so I'm not sure how elaborate they want to be here. I suspect that the SEC's bigger goal is just to try to get him not to tweet about the company as much as he had, or at least be a bit more restrained in that. You could put fines in there, but, you know, is a billionaire going to notice a fine that's listed in the thousands of dollars. I think the answer to that is no. And um, as far as the Department of Justice, its investigation of Musk and, and uh, Tesla, where does that stand? Well, we haven't heard much about that lately. They were looking at the company's disclosures with regard to their production. Um, That's an area typically where the Justice Department defers more to the SEC because it's a corporate disclosure issue. Um, I I question whether we'll see anything come out of the Justice Department's investigation because that's not an easy case to make. I mean, companies make estimates all the time, and a lot of times they're wrong. And so companies are allowed to make mistakes and be able to say things unless you're intentionally misleading investors. And my bet is Tesla was not trying to mislead investors. Elon Musk is simply pumping up Tesla and saying, gee, what a great company we are. Well, I would like to be at the meeting. The judge ordered on 
The judge ordered that uh, Musk meet with SEC officials for at least one hour within the next two weeks. And considering all the things he has said, all the negative things he said about the SEC, what might that meeting be like, Peter? Well, uh, you know, uh, think back to your uh, elementary school or high school days when you were called <laughs> that's to the a principal. Far, that's a long time to think back, okay. Well, no, I, that's a long time for me, too. But it, essentially, he's being sent to the principal's office, um, and they're going to have to sit down and work something out. He's going to have his lawyers with him. Uh, so I expect we, we may well see a bit more circumspect Elon Musk, at least for a little while. Um, will it run out long term? I think he enjoys having his 20 plus million followers on Twitter too much to be able to really restrain himself from saying things. And he likes the publicity. And apparently he obviously we would have heard about it if he was disrespectful in any way in the courtroom yesterday. So he must be at least behaving himself in that regard. Oh, uh, certainly. And I I expect his lawyers had a uh, brief discussion with him saying, you had better be careful in front of a federal judge. If you do anything to mouth off, um, that could be disastrous for you. With the SEC, maybe he can be a little bit more lippy. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much, Peter. This will continue on. I can guarantee that. That's Peter Henning, a professor at Wayne State University Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcast. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.